Pints and Vibes Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Vibes Podcast. Tights and This is the life, po 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 This is the life, po 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 this is the Life Po-Po-Po-Po podcast Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm my hell, Lublin, <laughs> and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Empire of the Pun, Julian Burrell. I always like on the odd chances that I get to hang out on the show from in front of the camera because I get to laugh along with you guys. Hearing the songs and hearing the names that I come up with, I get to put myself over in that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an apt nickname. <laughs> We're so excited to welcome back our special guest, the voice and musician behind Wrestle and Flow. It's Josiah the High Flyer Williams. Good to see you again, Josiah. I, I need y'all to know, man, I am like, <laughs> I am exhausted today. I've been up since three in the morning and I show up here. And this is this is the energy that I needed for this. <laughs> I'm so I needed this. <laughs> you know, like a half an hour ago, I was like, I have no voice. I've been going all day. And I'm about to embark on three out. Like I have this, I have other records, but I wanted to bring the energy. Well, don't worry. I just I just did a line of cocaine before we came in here, so I am good to go for at least an hour now. Yeah. Julian's always just running through rails <laughs> just, before every record. Just give me a second. Oh, okay, okay, we're good. Uh, uh, wrestling, yeah, he has right? some great business ideas to share. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was diapers, but they went on you? How have you been, man? I mean, you know, since since the last time I was here, a lot has happened. A whole mm-hmm. lot has happened. Seriously. But yeah, it's a different world. <laughs> right now, in this, in this moment, I'm great. I'm enjoying life. I'm taking everything one step at a time. Lots of cool things happening, and I get to talk to you guys, so I'm chilling. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> we got a ton to ask you about. Let's start with the newest project that you're a part of, which is AEW's Who We Are, a celebration of Black excellence. How did this project come about, Like, and how did your involvement like just... Run us through it. How did we get here? That's a great question. Um, and I don't know. That's <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. <laughs> now, I'm sure we got to give an incredible amount of credit to Mikey Ruckus, the, the genius of AEW music. He was the one who approached me. He, he sent me one of those vague texts that's like, hey, man, I got a project that I'm working on. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay. It's like, uh, I really hope it's not an OnlyFans, but okay. Right. <laughs> like, where are we going with this? Um, but yeah, he sent he sent this email explaining everything. You know, hey, keep it on the hush. We don't want anything, you know, of course. And I'm like, man, this is, this is really cool. Especially, you know, you think about the collection of, of music that like the Aggression album back in the day, right? You, you, you dream yeah. about being a part of something like that. So this is even better, I think, because it's, it's highlighting, you know, specifically Black History Month. So that was really dope. I had a chance to do some tracks for Red Velvet and Mark Henry. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was a fun process. You know, the, the, the wrestling business of just like, hey, get it done <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the turnaround on that? Like what from you getting essentially the offer to be a part of it to sort of getting it done, what's the timeline on that? I found out about the project in December 21. I think I got the first what, like prompt for the track Red Velvet, the mid-January or the beginning of January. I had to turn that around within a couple of days. 
same thing with Mark Henry's. Like I kind of try to operate within, within wrestling, within like a 24, 48 hour window. That's what we had to do with WWE. So I'm like, Oh, I might as well just keep this, this mindset. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I was going to ask, uh, Josiah, like before the last time we talked to you, you were, you were doing your thing on your YouTube channel. Uh, it was very much like a, a project of passion. Um, and then, you know, it, it goes from like being something that you're doing that's, um, you know, largely for fun and largely to just like, let's see where this is going to it's a professional thing that you're beholden to. And like, people are asking things of you. Was that like a, yeah. like, even when you were in NXT, was that like a weird transition to go from like, oh, I'm in this for real. I'm not just doing this for myself anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was a very, very weird transition. Um, I think there was no <laughs> there was no room really to transition. It was like, this is what you're doing right now. Mm. Um, so I got a little taste of it before getting there with like the uh, Chasing Glory podcast with Lillian Garcia. Just turning around, you know, promo tracks for each week's episode, but actually being, you know, with the company like, hey, you filmed this thing last night that we need to put up tomorrow and turn it around and get it approved by everybody. Like those types of turnaround times and just that crunch of, be ready at all times. So it was a lot. And especially because there were so many different aspects of it. Like I'm a musician, but I'm also training as an announcer. I'm also filming behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I'm also helping with the flow of the show. So like there were so many different roles that I just said, I guess bring it on. Cause I don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have time as a, as a fan, especially with how fast it is to ever just sort of like sit back and kind of marvel at at number one the access you have and number two that you're you've become an an important voice not only outside of of these companies but now within them helping to to talk about representation and and give voice and put a spotlight on black wrestlers in in a way that that is long overdue but it's like a, it's like a really special thing do you like when do you do you take a second to sort of of soak that in yeah I 100% do. It's it's not something that, you know, later on in life I think about or after the fact in those moments, regardless of what they are, whether I'm, you know, working for a WWE or I'm just filming a Malachi Black promo, you know, mm. somewhere in the woods. Like, <laughs> no matter what it is, I always am like, man, this is really, this is really happening. I've talked to you guys before about like my faith. So there's a big, for me, a big element of like, man, look at what God is doing mm -hmm. in my life yeah. and kind of just trusting the process, even when things don't seem like they're going well. But for me, I always try to say, if I'm going to do this and if I'm going to be a part of this industry and if I'm going to, you know, be pre presenting art and, and telling stories, then it needs to be impactful and it needs to be like actually helping somebody. So it is incredible. And it's something that I will never, ever, ever take for granted. That's amazing. I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about, about, uh, of course, the current project, AEW's Who We Are, Celebration of Black Excellence. Yeah. You mentioned that your tracks are, are in the mix, which is for Red Velvet and Legend, which is the Mark Henry story. Are those performers that you said, I, I want to cover these tracks? Or is it more... Like this is, we want you to, to cover these two people. What, who makes that choice or is it collaborative? It was collaborative. So Mikey sent an email and said, hey, you know, there's a bunch of talent that we have to, to highlight and talk about. Let me know based on this list, some of the, the names that you would want to be a part of. Of course, I can't put you on 10 tracks, but uh, if you give me your list, I can try to try to place. Um, Just imagine them being like, all right, we're throwing you guys into a battle royal and you will get uh, you will get the, the choice will be uh, from the winner on down as far as uh, yep. who gets to pick their track first. <laughs> 
And you know, I'm getting thrown over the top first. It's like, oh, yeah, my money would have been on Rand actually out of everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True. That man is a legend. Um, so, yeah, on my list, I, I think I only had like three or four people that I put, not because, I mean, obviously you want to talk about everybody. Um, sure. But I thought about like which would be um, the most challenging for me and then which stories do I resonate with the most. So at the top of my list, I had Jade and Velvet. I think part of it is just because the the natural assumption of here's this album, you're probably just going to talk about the guys. And mm-hmm. like, well, I want to make sure that the ladies get their love. So when I didn't end up on Jay's track, I'm like, well, hopefully, you know, I get to t- talk about Red Velvet. And that that was really important for a couple of reasons. I mean, like I said, just to be able to show the women some love mm-hmm. and then to um, her story, the, the style of, of the song, it's so different than what you would expect from, you know, a hip hop mixtape. So being able to, to tap into a little bit of the island and a little bit of African mm. and show off the culture in a, in a full scope. I thought that was really, really beautiful. That's cool. And then, of course, Mark Henry. I mean, when I got to WWE and, and my manager at the time, Brian Pelagato, he's like, you know, what what do you want to do here? Where do you see yourself? How do you want to position yourself? And I brought up both Mark Henry and Titus as just like, here are these guys who, you know what they do in the ring. We don't have to even really think about that, but they do so much outside of on camera. Um, And that's a big part of, and I told them this personally and kept just asking questions, getting feedback of like, how can I get involved and what can I do? Um, so for, for Mark Henry, I've done a track about him before. If you've been talking, you can't retract it. Now I gotta beat him up. Throw him around the ring and watch him clean it up. Me taking this title ain't gonna be enough. I want this match to be as longest. Not only a man, I'm known as the world's strongest. But I wanted to really represent him and, and based off of what he wanted me to say, not what I said about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first wrestling flow track was like my interpretation, my lyrics of, you know, uh, here's what I want to say about Mark Henry. Whereas he drove the narrative. He said, this is what I want you to talk about. This is uh, how I'm feeling right now, how I felt mm-hmm. growing up. And that's what's really special about these. Of we're really telling their story based on what they gave to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting. That's yeah. really cool. You talk again about like, you know, again, of that whole mixing, I was a fan and now I'm a fan who also has to work with, has to work with these people who I loved as now as coworkers and colleagues. Was it kind of like weird, like, you know, when you're making that relationship with people and you kind of got to go from like, I watched you on TV to now I've got to like talk to you about business and we got, and we, and even beyond that, just like, Hey, if we want to just talk like normal human beings and grab lunch together, I got to learn how to be okay with doing that. Was that like kind of a weird transition too? Oh, very much so. 100%. (laughs) My first time working at WWE was like after I officially got on was WrestleMania weekend. And so they gave me a camera and they gave me a phone and said, just go film stuff. I'm like, what you mean by that? I'm like, just do your thing, man. So I'm like, what's going on? You know, I ended up just doing a bunch of little random skits with like Rhea Ripley and, and Drew McIntyre and mm-hmm. like the whole NXT UK roster, like, but it's the idea of I approach them, right? And that's that's scary because here's this new guy, a little black dude, who just popped up out of nowhere. Where did like who is he? I wasn't nervous to to make the connection, but I was nervous as like, will they receive me as somebody who's like actually here and not just like some influencer from the streets? Um, right. 
but I realized pretty quickly that when you have that confident approach and when you're about your business, it's this, there is no difference. And most people are very approachable and are like, yeah, that's what we're here for. We're, we're supposed to be making content. So let's, mm. let's do it. That's so funny to me that you say it's like that. I feel like wrestling more than ever is like more corporate than it's ever been. And to, the idea that they would just literally be so just like, yeah, here's a camera, go film something for us. Like, like classic <laughs> Carney style. Like, I feel like that's something that like I would not expect from like the buttoned up world of like WWE and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That was the- they could still have fun, though. It's good to hear. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that was kind of the specialty or, or the special part of, of my position with the performance center. It was it was created like it, it didn't exist at the time, hmm. with the exception of like Kathy Kelly, who was doing higher quality stuff than, you know, give just get that dude a phone and, and let him do his <laughs> thing. But <laughs> yeah, just that, it was just creating content and, and finding new ways to, to create content. So it's cool. One thing that strikes me about about performers now, maybe as opposed to to a couple generations back is that it it almost feels like there's an air of like they're theater kids. Yeah. Like now that the veil has been drawn back for the most part. Like we all agree that <laughs> that this is a performance that's being put on for us. So in a way Wait, what the hell? It, what are you serious? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh gosh. Just I'm sorry. That's still real to me, Julian, damn it. <laughs> Julian earmuffet for a second. No, there is an idea that like like uh, and and maybe uh Austin or Xavier is like a good example of this. Like it feels like a theater kid. Yeah. He's a, th- yes, he's a, yes, he is a professional wrestler. Yes. He's working in, in, in that business. So there is, there is an air of like, you still might not know exactly what's real or what's not, but it is like, is there a sense of that? Like, especially when you're going back and filming content with whoever they're like, yeah, we're theater kids. <laughs> this is what we do. It's beautiful that you say that because I, I mean, my degree is in theater performance. My <laughs> yeah. entire life is theater. So when people would ask like, why do you watch wrestling? And I, you know, finding a way to, okay, you don't watch it. How can I explain this? My first thing to go to was like, it is theater. It's, it's one amazing show you get to track a character in their story over decades right mm-hmm. i always point to randy orton as an example the average person would look at this guy and see like oh yeah well he's been doing the same thing for two years or tw- uh, two decades and i'm like no he is not no he hasn't <laughs> no he has not like there is a very specific Randy Orton of 2022 that is different from 2017 and different from 2009. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I tell people that all the time of I get to watch these characters build and being, I guess, a part of the industry on the other side. It's like now I get to see you work that and how you think about it and not just what you're saying, but how you're presenting yourself. Bianca Belair is a great example of like you can tell an entire story with just your gear. Um, mm-hmm. you can tell an entire story with just your hair. So it is theatrical and there are so many elements to it. The, the performance, the lighting, the staging, the music, that's probably the biggest thing that I can geek out about. Of like, <laughs> am I, am I a stage manager here? Am, am I just like the props <laughs> guy? I don't know, but I'm having fun with it. As somebody who's been from like doing things on your own to being behind the scenes of WWE to being behind the scenes with AEW, have you like notice any like major changes between like all three of those kind of like working lives of like myself now i'm working in wwe now i'm working over here at this newer company that's kind of like uh that's just getting kind of in a lot of ways finding itself every single week yeah i i mean my approach to my own content is very different from the way that i capture content for AEW, 
which is very different from the content that I would have captured for, for WWE. Um, and it's different than the content that I captured for Disney. So it's like, everybody has their style. Everyone has their preferences, but there's a baseline, right? You're, you're still telling the story. You're still capturing something that is supposed to speak to their specific audience. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing of know who you're capturing content for, like who you're sending it to, but also know who you're capturing content for based on who's receiving it um, <laughs> right. from, from the screen. So it's, it is different. It took me a little while to get adjusted to the AEW side of things, but I think I caught on pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I, each time I do something, I learn from it. And then I go back and I look at it. I'm like, man, I wish I did this differently or I wish I had it this way. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's beautiful to see. And I think everybody agrees, right? The, the, the competition and the, and the rise of this company did change a lot, not just for WWE, but I think for everyone of how you present a new product. And mm-hmm. we're all trying to do that. Like even with your podcast, you're trying to do that, right? So it's a great challenge that I get to pick from all these different places of like always elevating my content and, and, and just how I capture footage. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Is there anything you can tease for what's coming up next, someone you're working with, or project you're working <laughs> who's on. got the shimmy? He's thinking <laughs> anything. Yeah, the shimmy is. Ha- I like immediately went into the shimmy. <laughs> like, oh, what can I say? How much can I say? Yeah. Um, don't worry, it's just us here, man. <laughs> There's no. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just lean into the microphone and pretend like you know nobody's there. You can pretend we're not. Here. It's fine. Talking into the mirror. There is so much, I guess, things that are like a little bit out there right now. You know, I'm dropping a music video with Ty Valkyrie tomorrow. Malachi Black and I have been filming a documentary for the last year or so. The other black talent that you wanted to showcase. (laughs) (laughs) I told him once, I was like, you know, I qualify, right? He's like, what? I was like, never mind. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 so funny too because like you know, religiously we are very like polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, me and him, and there's a couple of other people in the industry that like I work with, and I'm like, man, we are completely opposite people. But being able to tell that story, and I guess just myself being able to kind of be a light in their life, it's 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 fun. Um, but I was saying there's a couple of theme songs and in, in places that haven't come out yet. Um, that are just kind of sitting in a vault waiting around. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm busy. There's, there's, there's a lot going on. And it's weird because like there are, I, I would say I dream about WWE once a week. Like, <laughs> oh, like in the way of uh, like, I think about, oh, am I supposed to be turning in a video right now? Or like, am I right. late on something? Oh, geez. And I wake up and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and why am I in Stanford in my underwear? Right, right I'm like, yo, what's going on right now? So it, it is weird even now to not be there. But I think the beauty of it is that I have so much access to do things that I never would have been able to do if I if I was still there. So there's there's always a positive, and I'm I'm able to kind of just do all these different things at once. So yeah, you'll see you'll see a lot. You will definitely be seeing a lot. Oh, I can't wait for that. And of course, right now you can listen to AEW's Who We Are album. We will have an episode thread in our Facebook group where you can discuss it with the rest of the nation of conversation. Plus, you can read more of what we thought about wrestling in general and just life. It's Julian on there. It's just what Julian thinks. If you want to know what Julian thinks, he's got like five accounts now. This is one of them. I don't know which one's the main anymore. Assume it's this one. Twitter and Instagram. We have links in our show notes. 
When we come back, we're going to talk with Josiah about this week in wrestling. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Um, hi, I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I got you. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiway. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast, Maximum film new episodes every week on maximumfun.org and you actually just walked into our recording booth oh weird sorry i thought this was a video store you seem like a lady with a lot of problems welcome back to tights and fights i'm hal lublin and i'm joined today by julian burrell and I'm just some dude that they found, and I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> Isn't it a great podcast? I mean, you just say you were anybody. Cool. You know, like, hey, Mark I, Henry, get on in here, pal. <laughs> I was going to chastise Julian for just leaving the Zoom open, but I'm glad he did. I'm glad you, I'm glad you wandered in and you're here joining us. <laughs> so do you still get to watch wrestling? Like, do you still have a, a relationship with it where you are watching it and or keeping tabs on storylines and stuff? Or are you too wrapped up in, in the in all these projects to really follow it anymore. I keep tabs. I think that's one of the beauties of Twitter and Instagram. You can see what's going on without being directly there. I did watch Dynamite this week, or at least a good chunk of it. Yeah. I haven't watched much outside of that, though, and and since leaving WWE, I think a part of it was like, man, I could Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, Mm -hmm. new NXT show coming out, main event. Yeah, people filming stuff in, you know, like it was just so much. Mm-hmm. You you film that all day, then you have to come home and then watch it again or like, you know, just to keep up. So after mm-hmm. leaving, I'm like, all right, I can take a break and kind of separate myself a little bit. But I do follow a lot of my friends and uh, just see what's going on. So I, I keep up through that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not working on any projects inside any of the companies and it's so much i think a lot of people unless you have the time which if you do bless you to to watch that much programming from two different promotions even keep tabs on it because you talk about it every week is tough so you have to figure out a new way to curate it to keep tabs on what's going on to make sure you're watching and seeing the things that are important um but we're gonna get into some of that now feel free to comment on the things you want to or if you didn't see it it's getting to the it's, point where everything's going to be important because it's the road, <laughs> guys. It's the road. Yeah. Well, yeah, we are on the road right now. Bianca Belair is going to WrestleMania to hopefully bring her story against Becky Lynch to a full circle after. I, I mean, I, you know, none of us, Josiah, were happy to see Bianca lose the title that quickly to Becky. It made sense from it. You can look at it and go, yeah, I get it. I'm not happy about it for a variety of reasons, but it it feels like that was the start of something that is now going to culminate with WrestleMania weekend. How do you, how do you feel about that? As somebody who has obviously covered Bianca Belair. (laughs) (laughs) There are a few few people that I could make songs for every day. (laughs) Yeah. This is incredible. Much like most people when I saw that was at SummerSlam. uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Happy for Becky Lynch, right? Sure. You want her back. You want her back in time. It's like, oh, wait a minute now. Hold on. That didn't need to happen. That, <laughs> that didn't. That wasn't necessary. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if it was... I don't know if it was an intentional thing for the to to turn into this you know half a year long cycle, uh, but if it was, hats off because that's that's really really great storytelling. Yep. I think it it continues to elevate Bianca. I think every time she gets an opportunity, she knocks it out of the park. Um, last WrestleMania, I cried my eyes out <laughs> when she like from entrance to holding the title. Like mm-hmm, I was just yeah. sitting there bawling. Yeah. So. It really was like something special. And I think what's so cool about it is I think like Becky, I think is playing her role as the antagonist in this really, really nicely. Cause you, um, you saw her kind of just sitting ringside in that match against a uh, dew drop that uh, Bianca had this week. And she sells for Bianca when she's not even in the ring. She'll like, just be blown away by how strong she is. She'll like, just mm-hmm. be like, like, just can't believe the things that she's pulling off. I think that they're both really excited to kind of like bring all this together. And it's like, you know, we'll never know how much of this was intentional and everything, but it was kind of cool to see Bianca go from like frustrated that she lost her title to Becky saying, you go to the back of the line, you got to earn your way back here. And then sure enough, she does earn her way back there. And now it's like, I honestly wouldn't be too mad if she just like whipped Becky and then like KOD'd her inside of five seconds, just to like, (laughs) I wouldn't hate it. I would love to see a full match, but I would not hate it too much. I I would understand doing it and I'd be okay with it. That would be incredible. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, that would be a story for sure. Yeah. I think everybody's hoping for that, that great back and forth match. Mm -hmm, Um, True. But you also said something that, you know, we spoke about earlier of there's this world is, is theatrical. And one of the things that I always remember with theater is, you know, when you're watching a show, when you're on stage, you're in the story. Right. So even if I'm not the, the person speaking, I'm paying attention and I'm and I'm uh, showcasing, you know, through my emotions, what's going on in the story. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best parts of of wrestling, of being able to continue that story, even when you're not in the ring of like mm-hmm. that cut to the camera of, of, of Becky is it, it tells a big story in it and it shows something for the other characters as well. So it's huge. And I think this upcoming season, um, of course I haven't, I haven't seen it, but uh, just being able to kind of peep it on Twitter and just follow along and I'm, I'm supporting both of these women, but you know, yeah. but you know, <laughs> I'm <laughs> Bianca Belair. Just be clear about it. It just feels like it's her time, you know. Yeah. It's like like a few years ago it was Becky's time, and it was like you know yeah. she, it doesn't mean no anybody likes Becky less. I think it's just like when you see somebody's like catching at the right time, it's just like even if I I know objectively you're both really talented, but this year it's her turn, you know, it's her turn, yeah, yeah. like and you got to get on it because. Man, wrestling fans are fickle. You never know when they're gonna how they're gonna feel a year from now. And but like, it, to, to that point, I was thinking about this today. You could make a list longer than your arm of the number of talented people from NXT who came up to the main roster and for a variety of reasons didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's like they it's like you're called up because you're a warm body and creative doesn't have anything for you mm-hmm. or they just like they're unable to carry over collaboratively what made it work in NXT. And the two people who I think were red hot the second that they came from NXT to WWE are Kevin Owens mm-hmm. and Bianca mm-hmm. Belair. Like yeah. immediately <laughs> True. 
you know who like she is so tuned into her character and that character you could take and put in any promotion anywhere in the world there is an authentic piece of her in there and she 100% she gets what she's doing she's a freakishly gifted athlete and as a performer and an actor it's all there all the yeah. pieces are there there's nothing to to develop in the sense of well if she had this this tool in her in her tool belt she'd really be at that next level. All she's going to do is keep getting better at everything. And that's yeah. like a frightening prospect in the best possible way. Which <laughs> says a lot. I mean, it, it says a lot about herself. says a lot about black talent. It says a lot about the women of wrestling yeah. and just how committed they are. One of the things that, you know, hurt my heart, but ended up being a blessing is, you know, that, that pop the night after mania on raw, when you show up after, you know, being in NXT for a while, Bianca didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was something that I wanted so yeah. bad. Damn pandemic. Right, mm-hmm. right. She showed up to silence and still made it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I remember that KO pop. That was a big one. Of course. <laughs> that was a yeah. huge one. But like, even in silence, she still found a way to like, I'm going to, I'm going to get to WrestleMania. Y'all figure it out, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get there. Right. We have seen Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns uh, more than, more than a couple of times. <laughs> However, them going, going against one another title for title, we are getting the best ever version of Brock Lesnar <laughs> against the best ever version of Roman Reigns. Agreed. Mm. And that is, that makes it. It's amazing how it feels fresh. It doesn't feel like any other time they've done it where it felt like more manufactured and we're trying to be kingmakers here and we want to show you that Roman's the guy. And and I think that set him back in some ways in terms of the fans accepting how talented he's always been. But this <laughs> version of him, like if he had the world title until he passed away at the age of 104, I would be fine with it. And, but, and I'm also okay with whoever wins. How do you feel about this matchup? Who, who do you like? I like both of them. There was something special this time about, same thing, SummerSlam, Brock returning. There was, mm-hmm. a, there was an energy in that stadium, and there was an energy in him that you saw it. And I'm like, wait a minute. You showed up with this ponytail. You acting real different, bro. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He got on the mic the next night. I'm like, yo, what is what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. like, he, right. he just spent so much time alone in the pandemic that he just felt like so he came back revitalized. He was one of those people who was like, I had a yes. great time being alone for two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. and I, that's a joke, but it's also probably so true of like, man, this time I'm an introvert. So I love being at mm-hmm. home. I didn't have any problem with isolating and, mm-hmm. and you know, not going anywhere. Yep. But imagine that for Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. of like, Oh, I I am blessed with this opportunity to not be around human beings <laughs> for how many years? Yeah. Like chilling so out on my it, farm with my wife. Sounds good. Yeah. He owns yes. half of Canada. <laughs> can just go hang out there. That charisma just like popped. It was there. We knew it was there. Yeah. Roman, we've we've seen him over the last year or two just like really take on this role and have fun with it and embrace it. And we're behind it. Like, as soon as we saw that change, we're like, that's it. That's what we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. I think he was hungry for it too. If you like, oh, if yeah. you like read interviews, he's been, he's said like, uh, like he wanted to turn heel for a really long time and it just wasn't in the company's plans, but he finally convinced them. Like, if I'm coming back, like, let's like, let's pull the trigger on this. Let's make me a bad guy. And it's through 
everything that they were searching for with him. Now it's like, this is like the first, oh no, actually last year I was, I was really excited about that main event too, the triple threat with Brian and Edge. But this is like yeah. the one-on-one encounter that I feel like they've wanted. It's like the big box office draw Roman versus, uh, versus Brock Lesnar. I think they've been hungry yeah. for it for a minute. I think Roman is doing, has been doing the best character work in all of professional wrestling for mm. over a year. And I thought nobody's going to touch this in terms of like the layer, the, the match against Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble. If you want to see like eight years of storytelling pay <laughs> off, it's all there. And, and the reason why we get that, the reason why we, why we earn it is because it's this version of the character. So that oh. character work is incredible. And I thought nobody's topping it. And then I watched this week's dynamite. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I think oh, I know what you're going to say. God damn. Where, I, 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 look, if you're going to put CM Punk in a program against MJF, you get the, the two, clearly the two best talkers in, in a company filled with people who are, who are extraordinarily talented on a microphone. You can turn left and right. You, you can throw a rock and hit somebody who can cut a really good promo. MJF is on another level at the age of, what is he, 24 years old? Mm-hmm. And yeah. to go against CM Punk, who is arguably the greatest promo in the, in the history of the business, not because of the huge energy he exudes, but because there's an authenticity to everything he says. And then have MJF come out the week after CM Punk has, has torn him apart. And you think there's no way to top this. You can't top the aggression and mm-hmm. and the, the the personal level that he went to. So how brilliant is it to have MJF come out and tell what I assume is his actual story of being bullied, you know, and I'm... Oh, they dug up the Facebook post. It's real. Like, it's really real. He talked about being picked on for being Jewish. And I remember as a kid going with a friend of mine he, he to play crab soccer at his church <laughs> and having one of the kids there call me a kike and having to have a fist fight with him on the lawn afterwards. <laughs> so that is a very real, like, I immediately identify with that. I know what he's talking about on a very deep, very personal level to watch him cut that promo was incredible. I made a promise that whatever outcasted kid at school who was getting bullied, who was getting bullied, had me to watch on his TV screen. And I made a promise that I wasn't God going to leave him high and dry. Just like you did punk. You gutless coward! I want to say I've never seen anything like that before. 100%. Josiah, you go ahead and talk because I'm going to be able to just talk about this all damn night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think in, uh, in wrestling I've seen anything like it. At least not for me, myself. I think it's interesting to hear your response to it. Like, obviously, <laughs> I'm not Jewish. So, like, there is a whole layer of... This really, you know, we see it as just like, oh, he's doing great character work or maybe he's telling a story. But being able to hear that from you means a lot because it, it's so much more than that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's resonating with with so many people. Uh, I think a lot of us were kind of nervous in the beginning, uh, not this promo, but just like this feud in general. Of like, all right, how many of these promos and back and forth are we going to get? Hundred yeah. percent, man. I just like those. Like, I love it because they're both good at talking. But I'm also like, there's only this is going to get to diminishing returns really quickly if they're just trying yeah. to insult each other every single week, right? You know, I did think that 
And I will say they've proven me wrong. <laughs> like this is really good. And for, for punk to come out, I don't, I don't re- think he said anything like actually on no, the mic. No, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. No, just not said on the mic. This true off mic. Yeah. 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 And that like, after what, 10, 12 minutes of, of him going off of like, that continues a story mm-hmm. and builds for Sunday. Like it's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, for him at this age to just be as great as he is, it's scary to think what's going to happen over the next few years. Yeah. This is another thing where I had to like, like I, I felt like they reached into my dream journal as far as what I wanted to see from punk when he came back and I wanted to see him up against somebody who could be considered like a toxic fan who like took punk leaving way too seriously and way too personally, like almost like doing the whole, like uh, the origin story for syndrome from the Incredibles, you know, like his hero, but (laughs) how dare you, you know, like you did this to me. Incredibles is my favorite movie. (laughs) It's so good. Not animated movie. Mm-hmm. favorite movie though yep. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so that, that's crazy it, it's that's what it feels like it feels like he just took this so like how dare you like you you betrayed me when i needed you most type of thing and making it so personal and just like i, I did not know if they were going to go there now i know that next week we can't have mjf being like ah, it was a joke i tricked you i fooled you all like no no no. we need to get like i want to keep going down this rabbit hole because i like this is could twist them both in such interesting new directions and take this rivalry to such new lengths that's not just, I want to beat you up because I think I'm better than you type of stuff. I love that you said that perspective on it because I have the opposite perspective, which is the one thing that has not happened to CM Punk since his return is anybody bringing up the fact that he walked out on the business Mm -hmm. in a very bitter way. Not that he wasn't justified in it, but Mm -hmm. that he did walk out on the fans and not just w he didn't just leave wwe he left wrestling he didn't do wrestling he was Mm -hmm. seemed to be like vocally against the idea of it and looking down on it and everybody was so happy to have him back which i understand that nobody was like dude what about how you left Mm -hmm. so the greatest thing to me and the most compelling thing in a villain is when when you look at their argument and say you're right you're wrong about how you're going about it, but there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. I think it underlines how personal this feud is to him, and it tells us why he's fighting. To see the tears streaming down his cheek, to be able to tap into that emotion in an arena filled with people mm-hmm. on a wrestling show on TBS, in like yeah. full le- like there's just all the conditions for it, and he he made it in the best possible way. The entire crowd disappeared. And it was about mm-hmm. one person and another person and the the, the hurt that was there. Mm-hmm. The person who had been let down at the age of, of 16 after meeting his idol years earlier, only to have him walk away. Like the person who taught him to get over his being bullied and to find a different way and to find self-confidence. That's, that means a lot when that person mm. disappears, when they walk off, because they've mm. already modeled behavior for you that's positive. I was blown away by it. I couldn't, I, I, I do think, and we were talking about this in our text thread, I'm more than willing to admit it's my sensitivity to it, but it did seem like that crowd was a little bit cheering in favor of, they were booing Judaism and then cheering <laughs> the people who threw quarters at him. And it's like, all right. It wasn't everybody, but it was enough that it was like, I, I, I just, I don't, I, <laughs> I've been a wrestling fan for, I don't know, 36, 37 years. I don't give us that much credit for being <laughs> like, I don't go like, oh, they were booing the idea of, 
I think just sometimes mm. cr- like individual people are smart. People as a group are real dumb. And mm-hmm. it was, that was disappointing. That took me, him sharing that and me connecting it to my experience and then hearing the crowd react was really tough, even though I, I'm sure it's delayed and you don't know in that crowd who's, who's appealing to what, but just, that was a weird emotional moment I had where I was like, wait, don't no, Just listen. Just listen. This, you're, get, this is gold happening in front of you. Mm-hmm. There's the, there's the element of like, you expect him to come out and just, oh, I, you know, hate CM Punk. Chicago sucks. Like <laughs> you expect to hear that. So I think that's probably what they were, were expecting, but yeah. the beauty of it, of like, I'm going to go out there to continue the story and tell a story in the way that you haven't heard it yet. And I'm going to make you connect to it. Like, it's not just this, this joke where I'm going to break and go into, you know, laughter or whatever, but he really, he wasn't playing at the story. He, he yeah. was the story. Yeah. Um, it was it was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we always enjoy talking about the week in wrestling, and we do it on our Facebook group, and Julian does it on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> so join us there. And when we come back, we've got some things from wrestling that you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Dr. Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know. It sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by Julian Burrell and Russell Flow, Flow, Flow. <laughs> yes! <laughs> this week we're going to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. <laughs> Julian, what would you like to put over? Oh, well, we talked about it so much. Why not keep talking about it now? I'm going to put over a very specific part in uh, Maxfield Jacob Friedman's brilliant promo and, and the segment that came through with it. Um, I loved the whole sequence that happened towards the end there. Him coming out without his music, just in like a regular t-shirt that looks like he just, you know, like pulled from the top of his like dirty clothes hamper yeah. and ran outside. It was a safe Ferris shirt. He was right. a safe Ferris shirt. Yeah. yeah and to, to just like, it wasn't anything wrestling related. It made it seem like he wasn't supposed to be out there. And he kind of came out and was like, what's like, What's going on here? Like, wh- why did you do this? And to hear him say, "Is this re- is that real? Is it was that real?" And then to see like like MJF kind of just like kind of with that still tear stain on his eye, and then just like nod and then walk away. Is it true? Is that real? That to me was like. 
a great example of how silence and reactions can be just as powerful as a as a really long promo. I think that they did like a great job of creating intrigue and just like selling that moment and really putting it over the top. I was just I actually had tears in my eyes because I could not believe what I was like. I couldn't. It was just like that great distillation of like believing in something and when your inner child is just like you have to confront the hurt from your inner child and you have to like try and try and move past that stuff it was great stuff just fantastic i love that promo so much and i'll probably still be thinking about it here uh in december too so good well you know we we talked about how many great promos there are in AEW, and that was not the only great promo segment that happened we had chris jericho and eddie kingston hyping up their match against one another which was again a great study in two different promo styles that work really well together and how great Jericho is at building an opponent up for a match and and really um, not manipulating, but understanding how to control and guide an audience to the reaction he wants. Here's a clip. You consider your destiny to be one of a failure. You know why? I read all the stories about you online. I know your family's Careful. history. Careful. I know your family's history. You said it to the world. Your very first hero was your uncle, and he was a failure. Josiah, what would you like to put over? This is a pretty wild week. I think for me, I have to go with the House of Black gained a new member. (laughs) And (laughs) I think there was a specific moment, though. Like, there's the overall piece of, like, it was beautiful, but there was a specific moment of Buddy Matthews really thinking about, like, am I going to do this or not? And the conversation that wasn't completely audible with him and Malachi, but being able to see him like figure out that decision in that moment. And like, what am I committing to right now? I have history with this person. I'm going to acknowledge that, but I'm here for a different reason. And being able over that like 30 second, you know, interaction to see him figure and and to, yeah, I'm going to go through with this. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is my future. And a ghost from Malachi's past has come to haunt him here in all elite wrestling. No! I think that it's funny seeing how they like, uh, how he's the ultimate follower wherever, whichever promotion yeah. that he's in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now he's going to be a goth. What a freaking teenager. Will the circle be unbroken? <laughs> That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Julian Burrell, along with me, Hal Lublin, Josiah. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where should our listeners go to follow? Is the Where's the one place, the central hub, where they should be going to to find all things you and, and know what's going on with you? Man, I guess the central spot would be just jdeanwilliams.com. Any social media, Twitter, Instagram is at Jadine Williams, YouTube.com slash Jadine Williams. But you can always search Wrestling Flow or just Josiah Williams on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your tracks. And thank you guys so, 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 so much. We, we had a chance to, to do this like, what, three, four years ago. But yeah. uh, it has seems the world like changed at all since then? I didn't yeah, notice. Same world, nah, right? Nah, nah, Pretty nah, much nah. the same. Good, 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 good. <laughs> we will not wait another three, four years to have you back. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's too much by. fun to chat. It's yeah. too much fun to chat. Absolutely. Yeah. Our producer is the shadow of a setting pun, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Find links to all of our social media channels in the show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. 
Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible, and we'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.